I know it's a Wednesday night. People are hot and tired and hungry. Who's hungry? Guess what? Good news, man. Good news. You know, they say that Hondo has no good restaurants. There's a new, there's a new restaurant opening up. It's just for you. I think it's going to be your favorite. It's called the Roadkill Cafe. They're, they have more on their menu. They have specialty foods that are gourmet that other places can't. They just can't. Oh, you want to hear the entrees? I got the menu here. I'm trying to keep you all awake. Their motto is, you kill it, we grill it. Unless it gets on your grill. But eating food is more fun when you know it, when you hit it on the run. So, here it goes. Centerline bovine. You like that? It tastes really good straight from the hood. And it's only $5.99. That's the other thing. This is, uh, this is a little bit more uh, less expensive than some of these other competitors out there. I, I think this place is going to make it. The chicken that didn't cross the road. And guess what? It includes a soup and a salad with that. You know what this is? I've had this a long time and these prices don't exist anymore. That's $349. I think that'd be about $1349 right now. My, you'll love this one back here in the back. Flat cat. Served as a single or you can have it in a stack. Anyway, I won't say what all it says here. It's pretty good stuff. All right. If you want the taste for the wild side. So, you know, I like my, I like my food wild. All right, this is good. So it's a taste of the wild side and it's still in the hide. So you got chunk of skunk. Smells really good. Basted in tomato sauce, $7.50. Smidgen of pigeon. All right. Tastes so good. You'll coo for more. And that, and that also, this, you know, sometimes you go, you, you, you order a meal and they don't, bring any, they don't bring any sides. You just get a pile of food in front of you. Italian food's famous for that. But with this one, smidgen of pigeon, it includes a salad and some French bread. All right. Road toad a la mode. You're going to like that one. You're going to croak for more. But this is dessert, see? So this is $2.99, and it's ice cream uh, that goes with that. Uh, shake and bake snake. I did not make these up. Shake and bake snake, long and crunchy, with secret spices. All right. And if you want an extra long snake, you got to add an extra $1.29. All right. It's silly. I'm sorry, y'all. You know what? I'm trying to keep you awake. Whippoorwill on the grill. This one will tickle your fancy. It includes sunflower and sesame seed oil with salad. Hey, this is quality stuff. Rigor mortis tortoise. Now that one there. I think that's going to be a favorite. That's one of those I probably never put on the special. And guess what? It includes turtle soup and dumplings. So what is it? You know, eating food's more fun when you hit it on the run. And that's true. So real quickly, because I know y'all would rather have the Bible. So here's your canine cuisine. They specialize in canine. You'll eat like a hog when you taste our dog. <laughs> that's pretty bad. That's their motto. I didn't make it up. 
So, all right, you ready for this? Slab of lab. Pit bull pot pie. Y'all like pot pies? You're getting a lot out of this. See, this is good. Cocker cutlets. And it came from the best of show. All right, sharp pay filet. That's the Chinese food. There you go. There's their style. That's their Chinese food. Poodles and noodles. With french fries. All right, does anybody know what a whippet is? Snippet of whippet? That's a rare, that's a, they have it. They have it. All right, Collie, hit by a trolley. <laughs> They're just coming. <laughs> Barbecued beagle, and y'all are going to love this, German shepherd pie with sauerkraut. Yeah, I'm sorry, trampled sheepdog. All right. Okay, I'm going to say it lastly. A Disney classic for those who love Disney. Thumper a la bumper. Does anybody know what that is? That's that rabbit. Yeah, it's good stuff. Late night delights. They open late for those who like to eat late at night. Rack of raccoon. Awesome possum. A smear of deer. And Texas speed bump. Now, what would take what would Texas speed bump be? There you go. It's an armadillo on the half shell. There you go. Includes meatball, soup, and salad. All right. Now here it is. These are the ones when you come in and you really get challenged. I, I lied to you earlier when I said I was done. I'm gonna finish. Guess that mess. That's a daily special treat. If you can guess it, you get to eat for free. <laughs> All right, and then lastly, bag and gag. Take out special. That one's, that's the only one they, that you can eat as you take out. All right, that's silly. But I think some people would eat there every day. I've known some people that would eat there a lot. All right, the Roadkill Cafe. All right. All right, we're in Ephesians chapter 4. Now, if you remember last week, we were speaking about what do I wear today. Hopefully you thought about what you put on before you put it on. Hopefully it's a change from what you slept in during the night. <laughs> but, you, hey, you're still welcome even if you don't. All right. So, we said last week, we're talking about the Christian and his relationship to sin because it, it plagues all of us. We deal with it daily. And so we have to understand what the doctrine is behind uh, how can I be saved and continue as a sinner? How can, I be how, how can you be considered a saint? One of the sanctified ones. If you're, if you're considered a sinner also. So let me just review this quickly. At salvation, the old man is crucified. When you believed on Jesus Christ, you were crucified with Him. Your old man was crucified. It says to crucify with Him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. The body of sin might be destroyed. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. In your body. And that's what... It's, it's an amazing thing. When Jesus died on the cross, 
when you believed on him, the Bible says your old man was crucified with him. So we also were said that the, God circumcised that old dead man. Remember, he crucified him. He crucified the, the, the old man and then he circumcised the old man away from your new man or your spirit. This is beautiful. This is found in Colossians 2.11. In whom also you're circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. In the putting off, what? The sins? No, not just the sins. The sins of the flesh. By the circumcision of Christ. He put your sinful old man away from you. How else can Jesus, God the Father look at us in a right standing? If, if this isn't true. Because He's always going to see you defiled. But that old man has been put to the side and it frees you. Sin no longer defects your eternal security or affects your eternal security or takes it away because it's eternal security. This is why your old man is cut away and your flesh can no longer defile your soul. He no longer looks at your sin. He no longer looks at you in sin. Why? The flesh has been cut away from the Spirit. So next we said that the Christian does not sin. Sin sins in you. This is Romans 7, 17. It says, Now there's no more I that do it. See, Paul fought this too. If the greatest of all fought it, why don't you, don't you know we are? Even Paul said, The things that I want to do, I cannot do. And the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. This is the writer of the book of Romans. So he says, There's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. God has spiritually circumcised the flesh away from your new man or the spirit. And I love this. So, next, this old man is no longer connected to your soul and your spirit. He's separated. He has been cut away. So the war is taking place daily according to Romans 7.25 that with the mind you serve the law of Christ but with the body the, 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 uh, or with the flesh, excuse me, the law of sin. So the flesh is in the old you. Your body's a part of that old you. But your spirit and soul has been cut away. And it's, 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 uh, the Bible says then, since this is the case, let not sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. You can... You can yield your members instruments of unrighteousness, it says in Romans chapter 6. You can yield up to it, and your members are going to take over. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. So what do we say? You have a choice. Are you going to wear the old man that is dead, or are you going to wear the new man as you live your daily life. Because he put the, the he put the body of sins off and we're trying to put them back on. That's what we're doing. And you end up wearing them like clothing. So here we are in chapter 4, verse 22. He said that you put off, there it is, concerning the former conversation, the old man. There it is. And in Romans 6, it says, reckon to, your old man to be, Reckon to be dead indeed unto sin. You reckon it to be so. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed 
in the spirit of your mind. So Jesus Christ put them off of you positionally. That's what makes you a saint. Really, God no longer looks at us as a sinner. So now that this has been done, if you will reckon it to be so, you can put them off practically by taking what you wear today. What do you wear? So you've got to learn to separate the two. So to put on means to adorn as a garment. That's what it means. That's why I'm getting this. It means to adorn as a garment. I'm putting something on. Everybody that sees me today is going to see what I'm wearing. And mainly the Lord. And then to put off means to cast away off as dirty old rags. Cast them away. They're not for me anymore. I'm throwing them away. Alright? So, keep going. Look here in chapter 4. In verse 24. And that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. <clears throat> you put off and you put on. Wherefore, so you've already put on the new man. Wherefore, put on, away lying. How do you do that? You're going to speak truth, everyone, with his neighbor. So you have this polarity. You can be angry and sin not because you have the new man on and you're not wearing the old. If you're going to wear the old man, you're going to do what we're going to look at here in Colossians in a minute. If you keep putting him on. You know why you get angry and do things? You're wearing the old man. You're putting the, new, the old man on. So when you get over to chapter 4, verse 31, he says, Let all bitterness, these are lovely words, and wrath, and anger and clamor. You know what clamor is? Loud, noisy, bothersome lifestyle. That's what it means. Clamorous. Just banging around, making a lot of useless noise. And most of it comes out of your mouth. We know that. It's not peaceful at all. It does not lend itself to peace. It's contentious. And then he said, and evil speaking. What are you going to do? Let them be put away from you with all malice. We'll look at malice in a minute. So what this is, is God's basically saying, this is not the look you want. You're looking for a look, whatever that is. This is not the look you want. You don't want to be seen with the old man. That's the old you, by the way. That's the old you. You throw him away. Why does people keep going back? And then when you look over in uh, verse 32, you threw off the old man, so what are you going to do? You're going to, put on, you're going to be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So you're wearing kindness and forgiveness. Please turn to Colossians chapter 3, and what we see is in Colossians the same thing. So this is very important. Because Paul gave it to us twice. This putting off and putting on is very, very important. What you're trying to do is put the old man off, but you never put the new man on. And before you know it, you went back and put the old man back on. It's a choice we make. You know, this, these aren't things God's going to do for us. We choose to. Every one of them is, you put off, you put on. It's very simple. I know it's difficult to fully understand. But, okay, look here. Colossians 3, verse 5. Now he's using a stronger word. Mortify. 
Therefore, the members which are upon the earth, and boy, what are these members? Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So he says to mortify, and then in verse 8, look what he says, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, and lie not one to another. Why? Seeing you have put off the old man with his deeds. So there's three aspects here we want to look at. Mortification is to put to death. Mortification is to kill and to make void. You know, I think when people get it in their heart through malice to take the life of another person and it's premeditated, it's not in the heat of passion, it's, it's malice. They are trying to make them void in life. They're trying to take their life out. They're trying to rid them from the earth. They're trying to make them pay. Well, God says do that to your own body. Do that to your old man. Make him void. It's like throwing these old clothes away. You don't want to send it to Goodwill because that means somebody else might get it. You don't want them wearing your old man, do you? This is something you mortify and you get rid of it. Now, if you understand this principle, I think you'll do well. You're, so what are your members? They're conditions and acts that you let your body do. You know, all these things we just read, they're either deeds of the body or things going on in your heart. Right? Talking. The things you say. Touching. The things your hands do. Thinking. The things of your mind. Kill the things in your life that need to be killed by throwing them out. So what does he say? Real quickly here. Fornication. Fornication is intimacy outside of marriage. It could be before you're ever married. It could be while you're married. If it's outside of the bond of marriage, it's called fornication. God says to mortify that. Don't ever allow it to come into your life. Uncleanness. Uncleanness is all forms of unrighteous thoughts or deeds. They come, now, uncleanness is very broad. It's unclean living. It could be in the thought life. It could be with your body. Notice the members of your body. The members of your body. And then he says the word inordinate affection. Mortify these members. Inordinate affection. What's he saying? Do not allow your body to be guilty of these things. It, you know what inordinate affection is? It's a desire that hurts and vexes you. You want it so bad it hurts you. It's inordinate. It's something you crave that is not good for you. That's going to hurt you. It could be a person. It could be a hobby. It could be a thing. It's a craving. It's an inordinate affection. You have a strong affection for something that you really shouldn't have it. You know why? Well, number one, it's against God. But number two, it's going to harm you. It's going to hurt your life. It's going to hurt your future. It's going to hurt your your uh, spiritual condition. You're wearing the old man. And then he says, concupiscence. Evil. 
concupiscence. Now, this is different than an inordinate affection. This is a desire for that which is forbidden, and it led it to dominate your life and your thoughts. That's, it, it's setting your heart upon something that you know God completely forbids it. That's concupiscence. That's evil concupiscence. And then he says covetousness, which is idolatry. Your wanter is out of control. Your wanter is completely out of control and it's all about you. Now these are, you know what's interesting? These are the first things to get out of your life. You know, we say, hey, I chunked it. I chunked that away. These are the first things that when a person gets saved, he's supposed to remove out of his life. These are things that are very, uh, we, everybody knows they're wrong. Right? These are the things good Christians don't do. Why? Well, if that's the case, that's because they threw them away. They put them off. They mortified the deeds of the body. I don't affect, that doesn't do me, affect me anymore. I've gotten rid of it. But, when you get to verse 8, but now, See, now he's saying we're going to go to a new level. Now you also put off all these. Anger. See, every Christian struggles with this one. Anger. Wrath. You know, wrath is anger being put into motion, basically. You can be angry without sinning, but you can't have wrath without sinning. Only God can the Bible says the, work of, uh, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Every time you go into, if you let your anger go into wrath, you're going to sin. You're going to sin. So he says, put these off. Malice. Don't allow malice to be a part of your life. What is malice? To act with malignity and to act in injury to others. You want someone to suffer. Basically. You're hoping somebody else suffers. That's what malice is. The intent that someone gets hurt, whether you do it or you're hoping it happens to them, that's called malice. And God says, put them all off. Put them all off. And then He says in blasphemy. I say, we don't blaspheme. Why is God telling Christians not to blaspheme? Isn't that interesting? You know why? This word blaspheme means to vilify. To make a villain out of something. Namely God. Trying to make a villain out of God. Have you ever gotten upset and started saying things you shouldn't have said and start charging God because He's not doing things the way you'd like Him to do? Or you're starting to live in doubt and not trusting God. Before you know it, it's coming out of your mouth. This is blasphemy. You're saying God is not meeting my needs. God can't meet my needs right now. I'm not letting God meet my needs. I'm not trusting God. And you're speaking evil. So it means to blame, to rail, or to question God. Isn't that interesting? That's what when a when a Christian fails to trust God in a situation, he's basically undermined the very character of God. That's what it means. And God's saying, put it off. Have, it's, I know, we know it's tough. Put full trust in me. What's, he says, then also, filthy communication out of your mouth. You know, sometimes 
Some people just can't get over the filthy communication. You know why? They won't put the old man off. That's why. They wanted him to hang around. They like his wording. They like his slang. They like the way he does things. They enjoy it. These are words that are not clean. Slang words. Dirty words. You know, so think about your life. Don't you think as holy as God is? And He says, be holy as I am holy. Do you think He likes it when you do your foolish, dirty talk that to most people, they wouldn't even consider it dirty? But this is just slang words that, are, that you ought to put away because you've moved on to new life. You're wearing the new man. Would Christ speak that way? Would the Holy Spirit say these things? I reckon not. So then he says in verse 9, Lie not one to another, seeing you... Why? You have put off the old man with his deeds. There it is. So, we know positionally. Do I understand it? I do not understand it. I believe it though. God said so. When you believed on Jesus Christ, God crucified your old man with him. And the, old, the body of sin was destroyed. Then he took his laser instrument, spiritual speaking, and spiritually circumcised your flesh away from you, your spirit and your soul. And now you have a new man. He did that for you. And he separated it. And he's saying, now I want you to do it practically. We all know we're forgiven of sin. We're forgiven at the day we're saved. We're, Jesus paid for all sin when He died on the cross. We know that. Why, are we, why do we have to regularly confess sin then? Because the old man, he keeps creep, we keep sneaking over and putting it back on. And you all just have to liken it to you're dragging a corpse around. Just remember that. You have to choose to put the old man away and you have to choose to put the new man on. So I'll wear the old me today. Will you wear the old you tomorrow? Will you wear the corrupt you? The one you used to call a loser? You're going to put him back on? Why would we do that? The gripe, the grouch, the lazy person, the lustful person, the hater, the troublemaker. No. What he says in verse 10 is, you have put on the new man. There it is. Which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now in Ephesians 4, it, talks, it says the same thing. And it says that we, our mind is renewed in him. Well, how do you do that? Knowledge. Knowledge. So it's a choice. You know that, uh, man, like there was a TV show that used to be called What Not to Wear. Oh, I watched every episode. Because I wanted to know, I wanted to know what I'm not supposed to, y'all know better than that, I hope. <laughs> but here's what not to wear right here. Here's God's version of what not to wear. This is what you put off. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil uh, concupiscence, covetousness, disobedience, lying, 
Speak ye truth, every one with his neighbor. Anger, wrath, malice. Boy, those are some tough words. Blasphemy, filthy communication, bitterness, clamor, evil speaking. That's not, why don't they make a show about that? Because that's what matters. But look over at verse 12. And now he's going to tell you what to wear. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God. Here we are. This is what God made you right here. Holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Isn't that something? You know what he's basically saying? Put Christ on because He's all of those things. He's done that with every one of us since the day we were born. But mainly even since the day we were saved, He's had bowels of mercies on us. He's had, he's, uh, the Bible says His t loving kindness. He's rich in loving kindness. He said, I beseech you by the, the meekness and the humility of Christ. He's very meek, very humble toward us. He's fully long-suffering to us. He's forgiving of us. This is all He's asking you to do is wear Him. Wear Him. Wear Jesus Christ every day. You know what you find? Hey, that's a pretty great ensemble. Where'd you get that one? I got it when I got saved. It's the new man. You like my new look? That's why when somebody get really gets saved, it's an immediate new look, isn't it? You just start seeing it. You say, wow, they had a change. They speak different. They start dressing different. They start behaving a little differently too. You can just see it. What happened to you, Christ? What happened to you? I've got a new man. My old man is gone and dead with Jesus Christ. And then, in verse 14, and above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Charity is the, you know, when you have, men don't do this. Well, maybe they do. But women, they put on this outfit and they're looking for that finishing piece. It's a piece of jewelry, maybe. A necklace. You know, whatever it is. Some earrings. I know what it is. It's your purse. It just, you know, what do they call that? Your purse just complements your outfit. Did you know that love and charity in your life just finishes it out completely? You got rid of all that stuff that nobody likes to talk about. And now you're living the new life in Christ and you put it on and you're wearing it and you're just going to put on charity and it's finishing and everybody's going to say, where did you get that one? It's a wonderful thing. So uh, for men, what would, what would a good finishing piece be for a man? I got it. I don't have one. A track right there, amen. A stack of tracks. And a soul and a Bible in your hand. Amen. Alright. That's that completes the attire. So I'll finish up. You make the choice. You don't blame other people. You get on the right side with God. You have an attitude that is right, and you love what you're wearing. And you see what you're wearing. This is the thing. You make sure. 
Why would you get up and, and look in your... I, I think I alluded to this last week. Why would you look in your closet for 30, 40 minutes trying to figure out what you're going to wear? But you don't even put 10 seconds in this. Okay. So what do you say? I will put away the old man. I will wear the new man. This is what I will do. Jesus Christ in me and I will walk in the Spirit. If you'll do that, verse 15 will come to pass. The peace of God will rule in your hearts. Don't you want a peaceful life? All that other's rid. Amen. Amen. Easier said than done. We know that. But you know what? I think if you're conscious of it, just being conscious of it, of the right things, it wouldn't be a bad idea. You get your bathroom mirror. Old man's dead. Put on a new man. Right? I used to have in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, you're bought with a price. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. That would be right there on my mirror. And I, you know what, though? I got so used to it being there, I wasn't acknowledging it anymore. You got to find ways to remind yourself to what is simply put off the old man, put on the new, and it'll be a new look you every day. And guess what? You got the new look from the old book. There it is right there. You know what that means. It's your favorite time of the service. We're going to stand and sing, get the new look from the old book, and we're going to conclude. Amen. Hope you all have a wonderful end of the week. Midweek to the end. If I be a blessing to you, let me know. Let's sing it. Get the new look. Get the new look. From the old book, get the new look from the Bible. Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from God's Word. The inward look, the outward look. There you go. The upward look from the old, old book. Get the new look from the old book. Get the new love from God's Word. Amen. Lord bless you all. Lord bless you.